exactly uh, about scripture and how people can use scripture negatively. Satan knows scripture. He knows it very well. He even used it against Jesus. You know, I I don't want to I don't want to go too far here, but that's not that smart. You would think Satan would be smart enough not to use the word of God on the word of God. You know what I'm saying? You know, just take a look at it every now and then. Satan, Satan doesn't have it all together. But he does know scripture. And he knows how to give it to you and twist it to make it into what he wants you to do. So, they're saying the right things. The right things are coming off their lips, but they have removed their heart. I don't want to get too tough here, but I believe that's where the church is. I believe we are trying to look the part... But we've removed our heart. That's what was showed to me last uh, Sunday night. Is that I'm doing all the right things on the external. But my internal wasn't there. It's not like I'm out here in sin and doing stuff. But I haven't let go of my heart. Sunday night was a letting go of your heart. And letting him take it. Letting him say you forgot what it feels like for your first love to love on you again. You forgot what it feels like to be intimate. To have that void that we, we even do this with our wives. We close off. We do this with our spouses and we shut down. We do everything right on the outside, but we don't. We close up. And next thing you know, you're dried up. And you get dried up spiritually. And it's like a wake-up call. The Lord comes in and he says, remember me? You ever had your spouse come to you and say, remember me? I don't want to forget. I don't want to get to that point where I don't even realize I'm not close to him. I don't want to draw near to him in action and in my my my, my outward. I don't want the outside of the cup to be right and the inside wrong. The church needs to be healed from this. Me. But they've removed their hearts far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the commandment or the precepts of men. We can go through the motions, but God knows your heart. We are not allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us. We're allowing man to teach us and having a man-made God. The church is serving a man, is trying to serve a man made God and not God. If we can grab hold of this, let me tell you, this is, this is earth shaking. If we can lay aside man made things and start focusing on God, letting the Holy, the Holy Spirit is known as the teacher. It is important that when we read our word, when we read people's books and that sort of thing that we ask the teacher to teach us i was reading a book uh three or four months ago called the shack which i would recommend it it's going to shake some people up some people aren't going to like it it was different but i got i bought so into it that i started having to tell myself wait a minute this isn't scripture and it was i don't want to say it was satan trying to pull at me but I needed, my heart needed an alignment. 
I, I read the Left Behind series, which I loved. And I started to buy into it and then had to realize, wait a minute, this is fiction based on Scripture. And so subtly, and these are Christian people, so subtly can we be taken off. No, in no way was uh, the LaHaye uh, books meant to take you off track. It was just meant to give you a, an image. The, the shack well, it won't take you off track. It'll keep you on track. But I started finding myself buying into that and getting away from the word. Uh, anyway, that was just a little small testimony of as I read. But how easily my heart can be taken. Now, if we'll go to Matthew's gospel, the eighth chapter, we're going to find here a Roman officer. Now, I gave you a couple examples the last time we were we went over this. If you if you're interested in this, get the CD or I believe it's probably on uh, the website for free. OK, you can go to there. But here, the Roman officer is a centurion and he looks at Jesus. and Look what he says. He says now it says now when Jesus had entered uh, Capernaum, a centurion came to him uh, pleading with him. Saying. Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And, and if I get behind, uh, y'all yell at me. Um, come on. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Wait a minute. I'm not worthy? The centurion officer isn't worthy for Jesus to come under his roof? This is a conqueror speaking to the conquered. Now, I'm, I'm asking you to think. Rome conquered Israel, right? This is a man of authority speaking to someone with no authority uh, in the flesh. Yet he says, no, you don't have to come. I'm not even worthy for you to come. This man of great position, this man of great honor, says, I'm not worthy. This is an officer of the Roman army speaking to a Jewish carpenter. Do you hear the honor that he gives Jesus? I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. It's like a colonel of the U.S. Marines looking at a painter in Iraq and saying, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. I'm wanting you to see the honor that this man gives. And this man has no reason to give him honor, except that his heart knows what's right. And he does the right thing regardless of his position. I'm not worthy. So he goes on to say, verse 9. Whoops, is that right? Yeah. No, this is right. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, come, and this one, and, and I say to this one, go, and he, and he goes to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Okay? So you all have to, all you have to do is say, all he's saying is, all you've got to do is just say one word. And I know what's going to happen. Because I know how authority works. I know if I tell this man to do this, he'll do it. If I tell this man to go do this, he will do it. I know authority. And you know what the Bible says? It says that Jesus marveled. The Son of God marveled. 
Oh, I, I, did I get behind on you again? Sorry. Do another come. And he comes. I already went over that. Verse, uh, uh, Matthew 8, chapter 10. The next verse says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Now, again, I want you to allow yourself to get literal with Scripture. Don't get the basic before you go to the deep. And when the Son of God, God in the flesh, marvels, red lights need to go off. Someone has gotten the attention of the Son of God. And what's important is the church needs to know how to get the attention of God. And I want you to see here, by honoring God, we gain his attention. He marveled because Jesus realized this man understood that all Jesus had to do was just say one word. Because he too was under authority. All he had to do was say one word to his soldiers and they would obey. Because his authority, because he is under authority and he had authority. Because he was under authority, he had authority. When you get out from under authority... You have no authority. The world is messed up. We think we need out from under everything. Let's get out from home. Let's get out from our job and start our own business. Let's go do our own thing. Let's get out of church. Let's go start our own thing in a basement. Let's get out from under the author- any authority. Let me tell you, that is rebellious. And that is opposite. That is saying... You don't realize this, but let me get outside, under, out of the authority of the kingdom of God. God has established all authority. All of those over us are there because God has placed them there. And what we don't see is it's for our benefit, and it is so that we can have authority. We need authority so that we can have authority. Do you know that I have authority to speak in Jesus' name? Only because I come under his authority. I come outside of the kingdom of God's authority and I lose that right. There is power when we come under authority. There's danger when we come out from under. I'm not saying don't go start your own business. I'm one that does that. So I'm not trying to say you're a heathen because you own your own business. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, when we try to get out from under authority, we are exposing ourselves to the demonic. That was good. I don't care if you don't want to receive. I do care if you don't want. But, amen. I am scared of being outside of authority. There's nothing wrong with having the proper fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Again, all of a sudden I start thinking, well, they're going to think I'm trying to say I'm wise. No, I'm trying to say I know what happens when I get out from under it. And it's not good. But Jesus marveled because of one word, honor. Say honor again. Honor, yes. Um, The Bible says he he honored. And look what Jesus said, verse uh, 10. And said to those who followed... He's not only marveled, but now he's going to say it out loud. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, 
not even in Israel. Now, get ready for a big uh, stirring, all right? He said, I haven't found this much faith in all of Israel. Do you know what Jesus just said? I've found more faith in this Roman officer than I found in John the Baptist. John was found in Israel. I'm not trying to discredit John the Baptist at all. In fact, he was the greatest man ever born to a woman. Ever ever born like the rest of us. But he's just said, I've not seen this much faith in all of Israel. Don't miss Jesus speaking. And let me, let me ask you this. Does Jesus ever make an overstatement? I don't think he's capable of it. He's not trying to be sarcastic or say the, the fish was this big when it was this big. That's what we do. Then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus speaks truth. Do you grasp the, the seriousness? Am I going on too much about this? This word honor, I believe, is a key, if not the key, to the power of God. We saw last time that uh, it said when um, Jesus was, in, was with a multitude of teachers and Pharisees uh, in a house. And it's, it's said in Scripture that the power of the Lord was there to heal them, yet none of them got healed. Now, God doesn't walk around with just, just power to not be used. It is there to be used. We saw the last time, and I'm just, I'm just rambling here, that Jesus doesn't waste anything. When they fed the 5,000, they went and collected the baskets. They, he didn't let it go. He didn't go and trash it. He went and collected what was left over. But it said that there was power to heal, yet none of those teachers got healed. Go back and get the CD. Until they lowered somebody in from the roof. People couldn't get in, so they lowered him in, and that man got healed. It said in that same, in that same scripture that when they lowered the man down into the room, Jesus didn't say, take up your mat and walk first. He said, your sins are forgiven you. And it said that those that were there were thinking, who is this that did this? Who is this that can say your sins are forgiven? But they dishonored him in thought. And Jesus said, I know your thoughts. Which is easier to do? He'll, uh, forgive sins or, he, or heal the sick? Take up your mat and walk out. And then it said that the people were amazed. But they didn't get healed. Go back and read it. I have found more faith in this man than in all of Israel. Because of honor. And I, I'm willing to bet, and I'm not a betting man, but I'm willing to bet that I'd win, that John the Baptist knew more scriptures than this Roman officer knew. I'm a faith man. I hope you're a faith man or woman. Now, the Bible says, uh, without faith, you cannot please God. You can see that this Roman officer pleased God. And I don't know about you, but I want to please God. So I hope that you're a faith man or woman. My Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And I believe John knew more scripture than this Roman officer knew. 
this officer had far less scriptures, yet he had more faith. Why? Because he understood authority and his honor that, that he showed Jesus. He received a full reward. Let me try to get through one more. We go to Mark 7. We'll see a Greek woman that came to Jesus. She was Syrophoenician by birth. So if we put Mark 7 together with Matthew's account of the situation, we'll find something here. That the woman comes to the house where Jesus is seated. And the Bible says that she says repeatedly, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. And he's not listening to her. Y'all know the story? He's not listening to her. He won't even answer her. She continues, persists, have mercy on me. My daughter is dreadfully tormented. And finally, Jesus turns to her and says, woman, it's not right to give the children's bread to little dogs. Let's read it. Mark 7, verse 24. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Now, you can slice the pie any way you want to slice it, but it still comes out the same. He just called her a dog. Right? Don't get upset with me, but that's what he said. It's not right to give the children's bread to the little dogs. I am so glad that this woman wasn't an American. Put a smile on your face. Ha, ha, ha. We can laugh in church. Can you imagine what she'd say? She'd go, what? You called me a dog? I come for help? I come to you for help and you call me a dog? What kind of preacher are you? This is hypocrisy, isn't it? You talk about love, don't you? You go out and show all this love to the multitudes, but what do you give me? Here I am, a daughter in need, and you call me a dog? I'm out of here. It's a racial thing, isn't it? I'm out of here. What do you mean racial? She's Greek. He's Jewish. Think about how we would react if Jesus had said that to us. We are an offended person waiting to happen. Who can I be offended at so I can blame all my junk on somebody today? Somebody needs to be blamed today. Who's it going to be? And it won't take you long. Just get around with somebody. That's a good one. Him. It is that easy that we get offended. But she doesn't react that way. And from our perspective, she has a right to. He just called her a dog. Now, in our day, we go out here and call a woman a dog, we're going to get a response, right? I doubt things are any different then. I mean, I don't, I don't read too much about uh, people in this day having dog, pet dogs, pet, pet dogs. I wouldn't think they're very high. Maybe they are high on the food chain. I don't know if they ate them. I don't, I don't know. But I know I would be insulted. Amen? But look what she said. Mark 7, verse 28. Did I miss that one? And she answered him and said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat, from, eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, 
for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Uh, in the uh, in Matthew's account, the same story it says. Then Jesus answered her and said, "O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire." And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Why did she receive a full reward? Because she honored Jesus. Even when it appeared, and believe me, Jesus never dishonored anybody. Even when it appeared he dishonored her, she got a full reward. All because of one word. Honor. She chose not to get offended and to pursue. She knew who she was with. Jesus laid, Jesus laid a test out there for her so that she could be remembered forever. Do you catch that? When we respond wrong to a test, I wonder what we're missing out on. Think about the cruel things that people say to you in a day. Think about the things that people do to you. Think about the things that happen to you and how you respond. And Jesus set her up. Jesus set her up, not just for her child to be healed, but for her to be remembered forever. Can you imagine her coming to Jesus to get her daughter healed, what she was getting? She was getting a response from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords saying, how great your faith is. Think about the test that you have and how simple this test right here is. She had an opportunity to get offended, which we have every day, all the time, every day. Respond right and respond with honor. You bear Jesus' name in everything that you say and do. And I believe when we don't do the wrong thing, we remove honor from the name of Jesus. Now, it's, I, I, I don't believe it's impossible. I believe that the, by the blood of Jesus, he has given us the power over sin, over every sin. But we make mistakes. But praise God, the blood of Jesus is still there. We repent and we start honoring Jesus in our actions, in our lives. And let's let him start moving in our church and in our homes. Honor. Say it again, honor. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. I just praise you, and I thank you that there is power to heal in this place here, Lord, because you are here. And, Lord, your word tells us that when, when we, uh, that your word will not return void, but that it will accomplish everything that it was set forth to do. I thank you, Lord, that that word has gone out. And, Lord, we are going to allow it to change us. And, Lord, the power.